The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open's The Masters Class here as part of the Busted Open Podcast. As always, you know you can hear us Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And of course, subscribe here to the Busted Open Podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. And what we do, it's a lesson with Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and Mark Henry. And today's episode is my first time. Now, I'm not talking about Karen in the 79 Dodge Aspen at Gothelbrook Park. No, we're talking about my first time when it comes to your love of pro wrestling and whether it's your first event, the first time you watched pro wrestling on TV or your first match, it's when you knew that this was the career for you. So guys, I'm really excited about our episode today. What do you think, Mark? Man, this is hilarious because I got about three first times in wrestling that, um, golly, I think they, some, a lot of people know about the first time. The first, my grandmother took me to the Beaumont Civic Center, and um, Andre the Giant was on the card, and I tried to reach out and grab him and fell. Got Well, I really got knocked over, and Andre picked me up and put me back on the other side of the barricade, kept walking to the ring. I knew right then that there was going to be something for me in, in pro wrestling, not maybe as a talent or as a wrestler, but... I knew I was going to be a fan for life. And Tommy, I know that fandom really started with uh, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever saw wrestling was it was a blizzardy day in New York City. And my father and I were going to watch the Rangers take on the Canadians. But the game was snowed out. And instead, I heard, welcome to Madison Square Garden. And they showed uh, Bulldog Bob Brower versus Bob Backlund and I was hooked and I was freaking out. I remember jumping up and down. Uh, my father's telling me it's wrestling. And then for my birthday in February, he took me to the white Plains Westchester County center to see my first ever match. And Bob Backlund wrestled Bobby Duncan. And I was, I made a sign and then uh, the ill fated Bob Backlund snubbing a young Tommy dreamer for an autograph standing outside in the sleet. Arnold Skolin gave me my first ever wrestler autograph when I stood outside uh, the county center 
because I wanted Bob to sign my sign. And um, he drove away. And then I got away from professional wrestling and I, I wasn't enjoying it. And then just on a whim on spring break, we were down because my father was a teacher in Florida and a little clipping uh, and the newspaper said uh, Florida championship wrestling. My father said, Hey, you want to go? And I'll remember for the moment, every second of my life, man, because it's one of the best memories I have of life. I watched Ivan Koloff and uh, Dick Murdoch go to the ring and then a spotlight hit. Here came Bugsy McGraw and Dusty Rhodes. And when I say like Dusty glided to the ring or floated to the ring like a god. And I remember how in the spotlight and these gnats were catching around the light and Dusty's blonde hair, but it looked like he had this like angelic glow. And I was frozen <laughs> and I've never been frozen in my life and watched with, with just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And the match ended. I don't even remember the finish, but I'm assuming Dusty and Bugsy won. And I literally turned to the concession stand and I bought my first ever 8x10, which was a bloody Dusty Rhodes bull rope uh, pitcher. I bought my first wrestling t-shirt and I got, we drove home and I literally just was like buzzing. And I told my father, this is what I'm going to do in my life. And he was like, okay, okay. But I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is what I was going to do. And I was 10 years old. And I'm 40 years later, I'm still doing it. Damn. So, Tommy, that was before Snuka and Morocco in the garden? Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. What about you, Bully? What, 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 was your, what was your first inkling that, damn it, I'm hooked. Wrestling got me. My first experience. Not only was I hooked the first time I saw pro wrestling, I was hooked on tag team wrestling the first time I saw wrestling. And I knew the minute I watched tag team wrestling that I wanted to be a tag team wrestler and not a singles guy because I thought four guys could be a lot more exciting than two guys. And my, you got to remember, my memory is not nearly as good as you guys because my brains have been scrambled. But my first memories... Um, were Fuji and Saito versus Gurria and Martel. And I loved it so much that I took my old school tape recorder that I'm sure we all had where yeah. you pressed, pressed the play button and the record button at the same time to record yourself. Yeah. Back then, Pat, Pat Patterson was doing commentary for the WWF. And I would be Pat Patterson in his Canadian accent doing the play-by-play -play on Fuji and Saito <laughs> versus Gurria and Martel. And I would, you know, do my impersonation of Pat Patterson asking Mr. Fuji why he threw salt in the eyes and how that was cheating. And I just love tag team wrestling so much. And that was seeing it on TV. And the first time I got to see it live was in a place called the Ridgewood Grove Arena, which was a dump. In, I think it was in Brooklyn. Well, no, it was in Ridgewood, Queens. And that's where the WWE would run some real small shows before they would do like Sunnyside Gardens or the or Madison Square Garden. And the main event was the Wild Samoans versus Andre and Snuka. And the finish was Snuka off of top. 
of the top of Andre's shoulders with the Superfly splash, but because the ceiling was so low in the Ridgewood Grove Arena, Snuka couldn't completely stand all the way up, and he was hunched down and did the splash. And uh, the first time I ever saw a wrestler was that night. I remember looking through the curtains, and I saw Afa and Sika sitting at a table playing cards in their traditional Samoan lava lavas, you know, they're, they're like kind of yeah, yeah. skirts or like bath towels, and they were smoking pot, and they were and they were handing the joint back and forth to each other, and I'm like, Dad, why are they sharing a cigarette? And my dad smacked me right in the back of the head like, you idiot, you know, like, like at 10 years old, I'm supposed to know they're smoking dope, but uh, th- those are kind of my first experiences with pro wrestling, and they all had to do with tag teams. Wow. Guys, can I let me ask y'all a question about your first like what was your first autograph? Your first wrestling autograph. I remember mine like yesterday. Oh, so do mine, I. Uh, mine was I, Arnold Scullin. Arnold Scullin was your first ever autograph? Because Bob yeah, Backlund stiffed you. <laughs> correct. And he should have signed it. He was a baby that's, face. He signed that's messed it. up. He kept me on my baby face path my entire career. Because I remember what I felt like in the car of being so upset that Bob didn't <laughs> sign it for me. I never got a wrestling autograph. Are you never. serious? I'll send you never. and give me 20 bucks. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. You lowballing, man. Like, get that thing up to 35 bucks. No, and, and Tommy, yeah, I, I, know, I, I know I told you this story many times, but I was a big New York Yankees fan. I loved the Yankees. I was a big baseball fan. And I'll, I'll never forget, my parents took me to see uh, the Yankees against the Royals. And after the game, I, I stood by the wall and waited for the Yankees to come by to get autographs. And Tommy John and Louis Tiant and Rick Cerrone, who was my favorite player. Uh, Greg Nettles, like the entire team just walked by me. And I'll never forget Tommy John, and no disrespect to Tommy John, but this is a true story. I said, Mr. John, Mr. John. And he gave me the hand. Like, not now. Kid. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And Get like back. the entire team just walked right by me. And I went home that night and I tore down all my Yankee paraphernalia on my walls, all my posters. To this day, I have never watched a complete baseball game since that day. Because like to me as a big fan, I gave all my money and my time and everything to this team and it couldn't take five seconds to sign an autograph. You know, and then I gravitated towards wrestling. It was actually the next weekend that I was by my buddy Jeff's house and he was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and I saw wrestling for the first time. And I saw Tommy Rich being interviewed by Gordon Soley and seeing Tommy Rich in the long blonde hair and he reminded me of David Lee Roth and then Buzz Sawyer coming out and screaming about Tommy Rich and I instantly fell in love. And um, from that from that moment forward, I, I never looked back. Did, did you get an autograph from that day or? Well, I mean, I never got an autograph from the Yankees, but like I, I was watching it on TV. But the first time I had an interaction with a live wrestler was Sergeant Slaughter. And he was more than happy to sign an autograph for me. So, wow. you know, again, that just and and Bully, Mark and Tommy, I don't think you guys understand as a fan. That's 
That's the difference right there. I could still, who knows, maybe I would be talking New York Yankees baseball right now instead of talking to you guys and talking pro wrestling if, if they one had of those asshole Yankees signed an autograph wow. for me that day. That is nuts. My, they, my, my, my first autograph was in Houston, Texas. Uh, Jose Lothario wrestled against Tiger Conway Sr., and, you know, both of them dudes was a bloody mess. <laughs> so I, I, I'm i like standing up there with all the rest of the kids. I'm trying to get, I'm holding my pencil out. I got a, had a pencil. I didn't have a pen. There was no such thing as a Sharpie back then. I'm holding my pencil from school and a piece of notebook paper. <laughs> and Tiger Conway Jr., uh, Grabbed my sign, signed it, and then Jose Lothario came out a little bit later, and I got him to sign it. And as he's signing, a drop of blood came off his head, hit his nose, and went book nice. right on the paper. And I was like, "Oh my God, he's bleeding!" And my, I showed my grandmother. She was like. Wow, like you need to keep that. And of course, now I'm 50 years old on Saturday, and I have no idea where that stuff is. Oh who was Mark? Who was the first like? Who was the first wrestler you had real interaction with? A, a real interaction with. Um... Other than like, you know, just getting an autograph, like like you're meeting a certain wrestler for the first time and actually was <laughs> able to talk to them for a minute or five minutes. Um, well, I guess <clears throat> it wasn't it wasn't a wrestler. It was Vince um, in in 95. The Vince flew me from Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center to Connecticut. And uh Man, I didn't go to prom or none of that stuff. I was really poor. Like, I came from a small country town. So I fly in from Connecticut, and I get to the airport in uh, New York, and there's a limo pick me up. I never rode in a limo before. And I go to WWE Titan Tower, and... You know, you walk in the lobby and it's like pictures of all the wrestlers and you go to the elevator and they take you up to Vince's office and Vince is not in there. Like he's, you know, he went to get something to eat or go to the bathroom or something. But I'm sitting there and I'm just looking around at this, like all of this wrestling stuff from, damn, as far back as you can go. And then Vince comes in. He goes, Henry, glad you made it. He was like, um, I see you. You're, you're, uh, you're, looking, at, you're looking at Andre's boot because I'm standing right in front of Andre's boots that, that were in his office. And I was like, Andre is my favorite wrestler. And um, <laughs> I, the first thing I said was, am I going to get to meet some wrestlers today? Like, you know, I was just such a <laughs> fucking mark. And, and he was laughing. He was like, well, I mean, I, we can go downstairs and see if anybody's in the gym, you know, like, cause they had a big gym in the, in the basement. And that's what we did. Vince took me down to the basement, man. And I, I, 
I, I'm like start. There was a few guys there, like uh, Sergeant Slaughter was down there, and um, Iron Sheik. There was a show in uh, New Haven that night. That's why they brought to go to a show. So I got to go and see. Um, um, I got to go see the wrestling matches, and I got to sit in the back. Dave, I, you talk about Oz. And you, and you see the almighty Oz behind the curtain. It it just blew my damn mind. Like it, I mean, really, it blew my mind. And I'm sitting there and I'm seeing people like Bret Hart and Yokozuna and you know Sergeant Slaughter. You know, and it it just it was amazing to me. Like that was the first time that I ever met a wrestler and sat and talked to him. And they were coming up to me going. Damn, man, how much did you lift again? Like, they said you lifted 1,000 pounds. And I was like, yeah, I, I squatted 1,000. Oh, my God. Like, they were just putting me over and stuff. And I thought that my life was over. I thought I was going to just check out right then. My my heart was beating so fast, Dave. It was like uh, it was like that. You, you, you met a girl, and it was the first time you was finna get a kiss. And you was waiting, and she was waiting, and Dave, I was really, like, really messed up for a couple of days. Like, <laughs> I went back to Colorado Springs, and I had to train. And it was hard for me to focus. I was at the point to where I was like, man, I cannot wait until the Olympics is over. Because <laughs> Vince said, I don't care if you win, lose, or draw. We want you to come and wrestle for us. And I went, holy shit, I'm going to be a wrestler. Like, bro, my life was over. It was it just changed from that moment on. Like, I was the best in the world at, at a couple of things, and I put that shit down. Wow. I put it down. That's a hell I mean, of a first ask- guy to meet, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, I just, so 95 you said this is? Yeah, this is 95. Okay, but, like, you never met, like, Bill Kazmaier? No. Wow. I, I asked him wrestler, though. Well, he was a wrestler. Well, Bill, Bill wrestled. He could, be in the, he could be in the name game. But Don't you know what? <laughs> You've Once, lost in the name game to me and Christian. Never. Check this never, out, uh, Tommy. As soon as Terry Todd found out that I was a big wrestling fan, uh, he said, I didn't know you were a wrestling fan. And I said, yeah, since I was like 10 years old. And he said, you know who I grew up with? And I said, no. He said, we're going to go have breakfast with him today. And it was Saturday morning. We go to the Hyatt downtown Austin, Texas. And we walk into the lobby. And there waiting is one of my childhood favorite wrestlers, Joe Bernarski, the Polish hammer, Ivan Putski. Wow. Him and Terry Todd grew up together in Austin. They went to school at Travis Heights. They, they, they went to high school together. They've known each other since they were little kids. And I'm standing there now after meeting Vince and all of the wrestlers and going to the New Haven Coliseum, and I'm I'm sitting there hungry as hell, but I just could not eat. 
I'm just standing there staring at Ivan Pusky. <laughs> like, it's Ivan Pusky. <laughs> like, I, man, I'm telling you, that's what wrestling does to you. It, 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 yeah. it's, it, man, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know if, if I had met Michael Jackson that it would have been more impressive to me. I just don't think so. You know, and and I, I've said this before, but I got to tell the three of you, uh, you guys don't understand about how special those fan interactions are to us fans. Like like I said before, you could simply, like, Tommy, I know you, you've been, like, you know, the hero your entire career. You know, there's been times, obviously, bully's a bully. Mark has gone back and forth. Mark, you know, screwed everybody with, his fake retirement and, you know, and what he did to John Cena. But you've been that since day one. Like, I don't think you really understand those interactions could be like the interaction that makes somebody want to make this their profession or a fan for life just just for that two, three minutes it takes to say a kind word and sign an autograph. No, yeah. dude, I get it. Bubba, I'm shocked. You don't have one wrestler autograph? No, not one. I'm, I I'm never, a, I ne, I love wrestling. I was in. <laughs> I'm, I'm mailing uh, you an autograph. I, I was never really in, like the the only time I really marked out for an autograph was when I met Tommy Lee at Yankee Stadium. Like I chased Tommy Lee through Yankee Stadium to get his autograph. And the first wrestlers I ever met. You know, other than the fan, you know, other than a fan interaction, like being able to touch Jimmy Snuka in the garden, um, were enhancement guys. Tommy, these are names you're going to remember: Brian Donahue mm -hmm. and Mark him. Tendler. And Mark Tendler. Mark Tendler was a guy that had a wrestling school in Long Island, who who told me that he was the mass superstar. He lied to me, but I was in awe. I was like, oh, my God. I just met the guy that was the masked superstar without his mask on. And, and Mick Foley used to train in Mark Tendler's garage, which Mark Tendler called his wrestling school. His wrestling school was in a garage, and there was twine tied around the pole in the middle of the garage and taped to the walls with some kitty mats on the floor. And then I remember he ran a show at a club in Long Island, a rock and roll club, Dave, you'll remember, called Sundance. Yep. And I went to the show in Sundance, and I saw this guy, and I believe his name was, Tommy, correct me, the Haiti Kid. Yeah. Yep. Haiti Kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, but wait, Tommy, wait. remember the who the... Kid, the Haiti Kid was the midget. There was Mr. Haiti. No, were there two of them? Big, no, the Haiti no, kid was, who was midget, but Mr. Haiti had a big hair, like receding hairline, but went back. He was but a midget, right? Was it? There was two, I'm telling you. There was a Mr. Haiti and a Haiti kid. Haiti I don't kid know if a, I'm getting the name right, but yes. the guy that was calling himself the Haiti kid on this show was Taz before he was the Tasmaniac. <laughs> I didn't know that. And he came out in like... Like this, this neon green and blue and spandex, and I'm almost positive he called himself the Haiti Kid. So, like my interactions with wrestlers, I I didn't meet anybody until I was 16 years old, and they weren't exactly like top of the food chain topic type of guys. 
uh, I'll tell my story of the first wrestler I met. It's so embarrassing, but this is what we're talking about. <laughs> I and and Dave, you understand this, Mark, Bubba. It was there was no internet. It's so hard for this almost like join this secret society where you want to be a wrestler so bad, but you don't know how. I'm 16 going on 17. I'm down in Florida again, working out in Hollywood, at, uh, Florida in a gym. And I'm, I just finished doing chest and I see Ricky Santana. And when I tell you Ricky Santana is the first wrestler I ever like interact with, but like I'm acting in my head, like it's, tito santana or hulk hogan this is the biggest person i've ever met like celebrity and like i remember watching him working out and i'm like walking back and forth weirdly staring at him that wrestling fans have done to all of us i just like uh, like this is it this is my break I, i gotta talk to this guy and so he goes and i finished working out and i see he's doing shoulders on the old school nautilus press where the weights go like it's a Nautilus machine, but you have like these circ- half circles or half moons every time you lift the things. So he finished set and I walk up and dude, when I tell you, I put my lats out. I was already wearing my Hulk Hogan yellow tank top to work out. And that was my staple. And I was like, excuse me, may I jump in and do a set with you? And he's like, sure, I'm almost finished. So I just rep out like 10 stuff. And then he goes, and then I go, I'm sorry, uh, I know who you are. Um, big fan of your wrestling ability. <laughs> and I go, I really want to be a wrestler. I don't know how to do it. And first off, I was going to lead with, I know you're, Ricky, uh, you're Tito Santana's brother, which he isn't. Ah! So thankfully, I didn't say that. Um, because that was like kind of like his, they used to like kind of say that because they did have similar look. So then he was just like, he finishes set. He goes, yeah, go to Steve Kern's school and walked away. And I was like, okay, thank you, Ricky Santana. Like all nervous. And now, <laughs> and thank now you, Ricky Santana. <laughs> I'm literally looking around the ring for, I mean, the, the gym for the fabulous one, Steve Kern. I'm like, Steve Kern's here too. And I'm seriously like stalking out this gym, like a total weirdo trying to find steve kern who wasn't there and then i was like okay i got it like and then like i remember asking at the front desk do you know where steve kern's gym is and they're like uh we don't know what that is okay thank you that's a wrestling schools were almost impossible to find back in the day so underground uh ivan pusky you know he he ribbed me like you know that's what the boys did they like I'm sitting there at breakfast with him and Terry Todd and, and this guy named Jack Woodson. And uh, who, let me tell you a short story about Bronco. This guy, Jack Woodson, was a bullfighter. And not the kind of bullfighter where they stuck the knives in and they did the ole. He was a guy that was big 350-pound dude. They would send the bulls, and he had his hand taped up in duct tape, and he would punch the bull and knock the bull make the bull wobbly that's 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 who i was sitting with ivan pusky terry todd and jack woodson like so of course this young 19 year old kid they they're get put they're giving me the business right so 
the first question that that uh, Pusky asked me was, "Did they smarten you up?" And I was like, uh, "No. What what is that?" And he, he and that was me opening the floodgate for his bullshit. <laughs> and he started telling me, "Look, man, it's a cutthroat business." He's like, "These guys are dangerous, and they they they." they, they you're going to try to take food out of their mouth. You better keep your damn hands up and you need to be ready. So when I came into wrestling, a lot of my problem was from that first conversation I had with Ivan because I rebelled against everybody that said anything to me. I thought everybody was trying to screw me over. So that's why a lot of those problems, Ivan Pusky is the reason that the first three years of my career I was an asshole. <laughs> he had my guard up. And I thought that they were going to try to kill me, man. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's the honest truth. You know, this has oh nothing to do with our topic today, but when Mark just said smarten you up, it just released a memory in my brain. I'll never forget, like, I'm in my second or third match ever, and I remember somebody telling me to take a powder. Uh, like we were like going over the match and they said take a powder and I said I don't have any I didn't bring any I didn't know it was supposed to <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any powder <laughs> oh my god oh shit I can't breathe <laughs> oh my god zero like, glow that's like telling zero him go glow. out there and get go out there and shine and he's like they said oh boy put on a bunch of baby oil <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I love sitting down with you, gentlemen. Uh, my first oh, time, obviously, when it comes to being a fan of pro wrestling, interaction with pro wrestlers, or that first time you got the bug to to be a pro wrestler. So I really appreciate the time, as always, on Busted Open's The Master's Class. You got it. All right. Don't appreciate forget, you. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, comment how much you enjoyed this episode. And also, don't forget, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday for three hours live on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.